Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. This episode of Intuitive Bites is brought to you by my Food and Body Peace program. If you're ready to leave behind food obsession and body image struggles and just get unstuck and moving towards a place of freedom, this program is designed to allow me to support you through this process. Do not delay. Go ahead over to the, the link in my bio on Instagram. It's at the intuitive underscore RD. Click the first link. You'll be able to watch my program video and answer a few questions to submit your application. And then I'll reach out. We'll have a conversation and figure out which level of the program is going to be the best fit for you. If you're looking primarily for the community and a group coaching atmosphere. I have a level of the program for you. If you're looking for both the community, but also you really want my highest level of one-on-one support, um, I also have a level of the program that will serve you. So get your application in now. Like I said, click the link in my bio on Instagram, submit the application, and I will reach out and talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Hey guys, welcome to episode 111 of Intuitive Bites. Today I'm chatting with Kim Hagel, who you may know from Instagram as Radiant Vitality Wellness, and we're talking all about motivation for movement. And she's really walking us through why so many people have a tough time getting motivated to exercise, especially after being deep in diet culture, and how we can really reinvigorate a sense of motivation, but from a different place. So I'm so excited to share this episode with you guys. I think you're going to love it. Um, Just a reminder to go ahead and submit your application for my Food and Body Peace program if you're ready to get more of that one-on-one guidance and support, and to get that community connection with other that are in the same boat as you. So you can go over to the link in my bio on Instagram at the intuitive underscore RD and get your application in now. All right, guys, on that note, let's go ahead and listen into my conversation with Kim. In my body, but then that got all like messed up with the body image stuff that I was already dealing with. And it became like, I got, you know, so much praise and recognition for my weight loss and all the stuff I was doing. And everybody told me what an inspiration I was. So that led me into the fitness industry. And I spent the first, I don't know, seven years or so trying to help people (laughs) lose. And I say help in air quotes. You can't see that when you're listening, help people with their weight loss and their body shaping goals. And what I found was that it was a very frustrating career because as I know now, and as you know, now there's no such thing as sustainable weight loss. And, uh, yes, it's just, it's a losing battle. Right. And it's very frustrating both for the client and it was for myself. And, um, yeah, yeah. Ended up going through a whole bunch of stuff myself where even I wasn't able to maintain the weight loss I had found and the success I had found with fitness. And it actually led me to leave the fitness industry for a couple of years because, I felt like if I couldn't maintain that ideal fitness physique that I didn't have any business in the industry. So I left and I went off and I did some other things. And it was during that time that I healed my own body image and my own relationship to food and movement. And in doing so, I realized how much I actually love movement and how much I missed 
um, that industry being in the industry of fitness, but I, and I knew that there were women out there just like me who like wanted to move their body, but they didn't know all this crap from diet culture, um, you know, just getting in the way. Um, so that's what led me back. And now things are altogether different and it's so much more rewarding because people actually get to enjoy moving their bodies. Yes. That's amazing. I love hearing that, like these kind of stories and just like what led you down this path. And, you know, so often it's like your own kind of journey through it. Um, but yeah, and I feel like there's so many people that, I work with as clients that want to find a relationship with movement that is positive and supportive, but they feel like they don't even know what that looks like. Cause all they've ever known of movement is trying to change what their body looks like. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned something that just like stuck with me. Cause I haven't always heard this term body shaping. And I think this is interesting because a lot of my clients too, I think get stuck in this place on their healing journey where they're like, okay, I'm not necessarily, I'm not pr- using movement to pursue weight loss, but in, they don't even realize that there's this subconscious, like I'm trying to change what my body looks like, even if it's not the number. Yeah, it's true. And that's kind of the, the latest trend I think in the, in the fitness industry is like, everybody knows that diets don't work now and weight loss is kind of falling out of, um, popularity, but it's still like, but yeah, but you can have like flat abs and a big booty and like, you know, bikini body and all like, so there's still like, it's, it's all the same. There's just a different spin on it. Right. And yeah. And I think that's, that's the thing is when we approach movement only for the purpose of changing our body. And, and I mean, it's nobody's fault that you do that because that's what we're told is the reason why you would do it. Even though we know there's all these other benefits of moving, right. It's great for your heart and it's great for your mobility and your joints and your mood and your energy and you sleep better. Like there's all these things, but it still comes down to, you got to burn calories. You got to like lose weight. You got to burn fat and cardio is better to do that. And blah, blah, blah. Like there's all of this stuff. So all we ever really think is movement is for burning calories. Movement is for losing weight. And that's how we tend to measure success, right? Whether we're doing it right is if the scale's changing or our body's changing. Yes. So I guess from that, like why, yeah. Why does that lead to resistance? Right. Cause there's so mm-hmm. many clients I work with and I know you and I talked about this, right. There's like, there becomes this resistance to it. And you're like sitting in the couch and you're like, Oh my gosh, I should be exercising. Why am I just a couch potato? And of course, all this like shaming, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that leads to you not doing it more. So like, yeah, I guess just like, why does that mindset of like trying to use movement for a weight loss lead to maybe a barrier to moving for a lot of people? Yeah. And one of the things you said there in asking that, that should, I should be moving whenever you hear should, that's your first clue that your motivation for doing it is probably wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Should implies a need to fix ourselves where, you know, whenever we feel that like that's coming from our not good enough voice, we're not good enough the way that we are. So we should be doing something to try to fix ourselves. And exercising to change our body has been proven. Like there have been a number of studies around what motivates people to exercise and movement for weight loss or body shaping or whatever you want to call it is the number one motivation killer. And that's why, because when we're trying to change our bodies, we it's, it's rooted in this. I'm not good enough the way that I am. And I'm only going to find acceptance in myself if I change my body. 
That's so interesting. And it's like, I'm sure people are listening and it's like ringing true on all the levels, right? It's like, yeah, that's, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, so what, okay. So I guess then like, what does, how can we channel this motivation for exercise? And it's interesting though, like, as I ask this, cause I know there's so many clients of mine that are in this disordered place and they're still in this, like, I should be exercising. So Mm -hmm. how do I gain the motivation? So I can, (laughs) can yeah. Okay. So there's two parts of this that I want to talk about. Um, and so if I get off track, can you remind me to come back to the yes. four things that help with motivation? Yes. But I think the number one thing I want to say is it, uh, our language around exercise is really, really important too. So the word exercise in and of itself has a very loaded meaning, right? And it's, it's loaded, but it's very narrowly defined. Like exercise happens in a gym it's treadmills, it's spin classes, it's lifting weights. It's like very structured and, you know, there's rules and like expectations around how exercise needs to look. But the truth is exercise isn't what we need. In fact, it's like a, it's a made up phenomenon. Like think back 50, 70 years in history, we didn't have gyms. Nobody went for a run. (laughs) Like we don't actually need exercise. And we certainly don't need to belong to a gym to get all the benefits from movement. We do need movement. All humans, regardless of size, shape, or ability need movement. And there is movement that is accessible and available to anybody in any body. But when we only define it as exercise, that can make it feel really inaccessible because either you don't like it or it hurts or you don't know how you to do it or there's trauma from like weight stigma in gym environments. So you're like, no, hate exercise, not going to do it. But if you open the door to movement, there's so much more available. You could go for a walk. You can dance around your kitchen. You can garden. You can clean your house. You can like go to the park and play with your kids. Like, and all of those things are beneficial to your body. And they're fun and you're a lot more likely to do things that are fun, right? Then, you know, fit in this exercise box. That is amazing. Just because, um, I find so many of my clients saying like, if I'm not doing something like structured, I feel like I'm not, I'm not checking off the box. Right. So like, and I literally got chills when you said like, we don't need exercise. Like, I just like need all of my clients to hear that. Like, that's such an interesting reframe. It's such a weird thing for a personal trainer to say, but it's true. Like we we really don't, you just need to move and, and there's no like certain number of minutes a day, certain intensity or like, just let go of all the rules Mm -hmm. and start moving in ways that feel good. So back to what motivates us. Um, there are four things that are known to motivate people. One is liking what you're doing. (laughs) So first and foremost, have fun with it, right? And if you don't like exercise, then don't do that. Do something else. So liking what you're doing and feeling like you're good at it, or at least that you're feeling somewhat successful or making gains, don't feel like a total failure when you're doing a certain activity. Like I hate sports. I'm not, I'm not going to play sports, but you know, there's lots of other things I feel successful doing, um, having a supportive community around you. And that could be one person or it could be a whole group of people, but you know, a group of people or one individual who actually like lift you up and support you in your movement goals and in your activities. So, um, you got to pick and choose and really be cautious when you're seeking out your environment because not all fitness environments are super supportive. So there's that, um, liking what you're doing, having a supportive community, um, feeling successful. Oh, and seeing results 
outside of weight loss. So if you are um, feeling stronger or your blood pressure is coming down or you're having more energy, you're you just got more pep in your step. Like those are the kind of results that motivate. I love yeah. that. Yes. That's helpful. Okay. Did we go through the four? Did I we miss so. one? That was three. I feel like I'm missing something. Maybe it'll hit me later. Was it the first one? Did you say before the, like how you talk about extra or like how you think about exercise or like the, how you, the phrasing, I don't even know. Yeah. So yeah. Let me go through them again. Um, enjoying the activity, feeling successful, um, having a supportive community and seeing results. That was all of them. Yeah. Those are the four. Yes. I love that so yeah. much. That's really helpful. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like a lot of people can resonate with that. Like, cause there is so often, like when I talk to clients, like they're like, yeah, I want to exercise. So I, like their thought process or their previous thought process, like I want to exercise to lose weight. And I, you know, I want to stop feeling so winded and like, it becomes so tied together. Yeah. Of like I want to lose weight and like stop feel so winded. It's like, wait a second, we can focus on that second piece. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I coach my clients to do too, is like, if, if weight loss weren't the way to get there, just like put that aside and think about that other part, you want to feel less winded. Well, there's lots of ways we can do that right? Like you can, you can increase your cardiovascular capacity and through walking through maybe you like running, maybe you want to swim. Maybe you want to walk up and down the stairs a few times. Maybe you want to dance. Like there's lots of ways you can improve your cardio and it's actually measurable, right? If you want to feel less winded, well, define that. What does that look like today? And then check back in, in three months. And you can see if you have been successful where if you're only measuring weight, what does that actually tell you about your cardio capacity? Like you could lose weight and not make any improvements in how winded you feel. Right. And when we, or you could, you could, who knows, but if then we, then we get all messed up and if the scale doesn't change, meanwhile, we've experienced all these benefits, but the scale hasn't changed. So we feel like we're not successful. So it gets all like convoluted and muddy. It's a distraction, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like whether or not it changed or not, it actually has nothing to do with <laughs> your mm-hmm. improvements over here. So yeah, yeah, that's helpful to point out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're okay. So for the person listening, um, that's like, okay, this sounds good. Like, where do I get started? Like maybe again, they're in that place where they feel like they just like are in such resistance to movement. They really have yeah. had like traumatic experiences with movement throughout their life. And they just like have had this idea of like, oh, I really want to get moving, but like, they just can't get themselves to mm-hmm. take a step. Like, what do you recommend for that person? Mm-hmm. I recommend taking a full stop. <laughs> so just like in intuitive eating, you give yourself unconditional permission to eat you got to give yourself unconditional permission to rest. And that's what I did when I was, you know, changing my relationship with movement. I said to myself, if I, if there's any part of my brain that thinks I need to burn off something that I ate, or I need to lose weight, or I'm not fitting great in my clothes, I should be exercising more. If there's any part of that going on in my head, when I go to exercise, no, not going to do it. So I only engaged with movement that was fun and felt good for a really long time. And that looked like a lot of walking and a lot of yoga for me. So just give yourself unconditional permission to rest. And then what I teach my clients is an embodiment practice to learn how to like tap into their own interoceptive awareness around movement, just like you do with your relationship to food, because I believe we have movement cravings, just like we have food cravings. 
Um, so I can, yeah. I can kind of teach you that process if you want that I teach my clients. Yes. I'm curious <laughs> to hear at least the gist. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you're familiar with meditation, you might have done something similar to this in the past. Um, it's a, just a simple body scan meditation. Um, so I have my clients like close their eyes and take a few deep breaths to get grounded often have them place a hand on their heart and a hand on their tummy. And after a few deep breaths, when they feel like they've settled, I have them start scanning their body from head to toe and noticing how everything feels. And that part alone is really um, impactful because we spend so much time in our heads, like thinking things through, and we don't have any idea of what we're feeling and other sensations that are going on in our body. So just bringing awareness to like, how do my wrists feel? How do my legs feel? What's going on in my feet? Like what's my mood? What's my energy level? So you're scanning your body head to toe and asking, how do I feel today? Physically, mentally, emotionally. And then once you know that, how you really feel, you can ask yourself, well, how do I want to feel? And then the third question is what's the best way for me to move, to get closer to that feeling and whatever answer your body gives you is right. So as an example, you might scan your body and everything's feeling really tight and sore and you're tired and there's not a lot of energy, but you want to feel a little more limber and you want to feel not so bogged down. Well, maybe your body will say, you know, a, a, a little walk and some stretching would feel really great. Or on the other hand, you might be feeling really like stressed out and anxious and you got all this like pent up energy from whatever happened in your work day and your body's telling you like, I just need to get that out of me. Like I want to burn this off. So maybe an intense kettlebell workout would be the thing that you're looking for in that moment. So it's not to say that we can never work hard. Like your, your body will ask for challenging movement from time to time, but it doesn't mean you always like, you don't have to subscribe to the no pain, no gain mentality. Like your body knows when it's time to rest. It knows when it's time to work. So you just got to learn to trust it. I love that so much. And I'm like, I'm going back to when you said like how you believe, like, you know, we get movement cravings as well. And like, I just feel like this is going to be so impactful for so many people to hear this, where it's like, they, they believe that because, right. I mean, this is a whole different wormhole, but they have this distrust in their body that if they just allowed them, if they gave themselves unconditional permission to rest forever, mm-hmm. they would just never, ever have any desire to move. And I feel like this body scan is going to allow people to like tap into some information, whether, you know, whatever they do with it for now is fine, but like just a different way of connecting to that sense. Yeah. And you know what, for a time you might do a lot of resting and lazing around, just like when I started intuitive eating, I ate a lot of chocolate at first. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, then you rebuild that body trust and you learn to tune into what your body's asking for and it all evens out. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the key, and this is something that I haven't always framed it exactly this way, but I talk about with clients is that unconditional permission to rest because I feel like there's a lot of people who think they're giving themselves quote unquote, too much permission to rest because they've been sitting on their couch for the past three years or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But in that whole time, they've been guilting, shaming, shooting, blaming, and that's not unconditional. No, no. There's all kinds of conditions around that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, this has been so helpful, Kim. I'm just like, I'm just like, this is the coolest episode. I can't wait to share this. Can you please share with the person listening? That's like, oh my gosh, this is all resonating. Like, this is what I needed to hear. What's just like a piece of advice at the top of your mind for that person right now. 
I guess the, it's just to trust your body, right? Trust the process. Like your body knows what it needs. And like going back to what I said before, you don't need exercise, you need movement. So trust your body to let you know what that looks like. And I guess maybe this is two pieces of advice, but really, if you can just disconnect from all of that fitspo garbage and like let go of the rules and the shoulds and should nots and just trust yourself, that's key. That's key. Yes. That's so helpful. Thank you again so much, Kim. This has been amazing. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. I love talking about this stuff. Of course. All right. That's a wrap on episode 111 with Kim Hagel. Don't forget to give her a follow over on Instagram at Radiant Vitality Wellness. And if you've been enjoying the podcast and listening to lots of episodes, please take just a moment to leave a rating or review over on iTunes. This is going to help the podcast get out to more people. You can just click on the stars. Let me know what you're thinking of the podcast in that way or leave a quick comment. I would highly appreciate it. All right, guys, that is all I have for you today. I will talk to you soon.